It's time for another episode of Arthritic Bourbon Bikers. And you just came off the bicycle. I did. Less than five minutes ago. Right. And you went out to Cooper's Landing and back? Yeah. On, on the trail? Yeah, they had some folks out there picking the guitar, harmonica. Good, good. I had a sorghum beer. I saw that. Gluten-free, yeah. even. Gluten-free. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about planning bike touring trips, right? So yeah. how to do trip planning. Sometimes I've gotten this question in the past that people wanted to know how do we like how do you go about planning a trip? Mm-hmm. So we thought that'd be a great thing to have a podcast video episode about if you're listening on uh, your favorite podcast app, it is available on lots of different locations now, Google, Apple, Anchor, it's being distributed Podbean. really well. What's up? It's on Podbean? I don't know, probably. It's on a whole bunch of different stuff out there now. Anchor does a great job of distribution for us. And if you're looking for some application to use for doing a podcast, Anchor's really good for that. And it's a no cost to you to be able to use, which is a really great, pretty amazing service when you think about it. Really? So anyway, we wanted to talk today about how do you how do you plan trips? And so we've kind of been sort of planning a trip coming up. So we thought great opportunity to talk a little bit about that. So we're going to be going to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. And we have like some work stuff, a conference to go to. But when you're going to make a trip like that, it's a perfect opportunity to think about a bike tour. Yeah. Sneaking in some bike riding while you're doing something else. Yeah. So we've kind of decided we're going to we're going to drive out there, we're going to take bicycles along and plan an adventure along the way. Yeah. So what do you got in mind, or what are you thinking? Because this is kind of <clears throat> something we talked about, but I mean, you know, you're kind of you've kind of been looking into it a little more than I have. Yeah, it's difficult because you've got to decide what you're willing to bite off because it's pretty hilly out there, and there's probably a lot of off-road things, and we have different types of bikes, and so we have to sort of find something that's suitable for all the equipment we have, and well, we just have to decide if we want to tackle a bunch of hills or not. Right. And you could stop at some place along the way. You know, we're going to go in a pretty long drive. So really, there's lots of possibilities. So when you're thinking about these trips, the first thing you're thinking about is, okay, what kind of terrain do we want to bike on? Mm-hmm. And then based on that, you're kind of thinking, okay, is this going to be credit card card style? Is it going to be camping style? Mm-hmm. We oftentimes lean more towards the camping style. Yeah. And we've got kind of an opportunity to test out some camping gear for a company and stuff like that, maybe. We'll see if that happens or not, but... Um, so we, you know, we're thinking about that when thinking about planning the trip. So then do you just kind of look at what are the different routes to get there and then, uh, you know, look at terrain and possible trails or what's sort of your method? Well, some of it too is I, well, I have to think about the bookends, you know, when, uh, when can we leave the real world? When do we got to be back? <laughs> right. And then in this case, you know, we have something in the middle so we can either, do some riding on the way out there while we're in Asheville or on the way back. And uh, and so you sort of have to put your dates together and then see where you're going to be and then and then sort of look at what's in striking distance is right. the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because, I, you know, I don't think we – we may not have the luxury of all the time in the world. We may have to really kind of sacrifice a couple things and make some choices – and so, uh, you know, what, what's on the way out there is something we've looked at before is suburban country, some, right. some Kentucky and Tennessee hill country, uh, which is not as hilly as 
the uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. So that might be preferable. Yeah, and so we've kind of done some biking through, uh, sort of like the uh, Louisville to Lexington. Lexington area, kind of through mm-hmm. that area of the of the of the country when we did that that the hat you're the very hat you're wearing, which is ride bikes drink bourbon, mm-hmm. the bourbon. Mm-hmm country burn mm-hmm. um and so it's natural for us since you know bourbon is in the title of this as yeah. well we kind of enjoy some bourbon to think yeah. about yeah. the potential of doesn't have to be through that same area but you know there's a there's a whole lot of different bourbon distilleries and and mm-hmm. sort of routes that are available mm-hmm. through tennessee and um kentucky yeah for something like that so you had some ideas one of the ones you found uh, well, distillery-wise, was mm-hmm. Angel Envy. Angel's Envy. Yeah, I've kind of been hooked on that for a little while. That's a, one of it's your kind of pricey bourbon too. One of your bourbons of choice. Like if you could pick, that's one yeah. of the ones that comes up high on your list. Right? It is, yeah, and it's got a sexy bottle too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, uh, that always makes a difference. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's something that you know we've been to a couple, a few out there, and I did a little uh, kind of an early browsing on the internet to see what might be out there and there are several four roses i think we may have seen that distillery either that or we had some some tastings of the last last yeah. year but yeah. um that's that's what i'd like to hit because we've been to maker's mark that's a bourbon we both like we've been to that one but i think uh find a couple others that might be kind of out of the way yeah when we were in kentucky we went to several small distilleries and we, we actually bought some bourbon in fact mm-hmm. in one of the videos we did you were filling your own bottle mm-hmm. at the one place yeah, um and getting to put your own labels on stuff like that so it's not like um it has to be major labels for us but mm-hmm. the small ones are kind of the small batch small little sort of private distilleries are really cool to see as well but it would be nice to see angel's envy is a it's a great bourbon so yeah like you see the small ones they're kind of uh from what we saw kind of generous in their tours too they might one of the, one of them let us uh, kind of come in a little early they they didn't really have a tour schedule, but they said, "Yeah, come on in. We'll we'll take you back here." Yeah, the smaller the smaller places, it seems like because it's less formal and there's less quantity of people, they're more mm-hmm. willing to sort of just take you on a mm-hmm. on a private tour yeah. or show you more and let you ask and interact more too. Like you'll get to mm-hmm. ask more questions and more about what's actually going on and some get some more deep some real details about yeah. like how much do they. Do they make? How many barrels do they make? Mm-hmm. And what's their process and all that stuff? And what makes them different? Because each of them mm-hmm. does have distinguishing characteristics. You can actually, uh, certainly you can taste it. But also, the processes are different depending on where you go, too. Everybody's got their own theory, mm-hmm. types of barrels. Like, of course, they all, you know, most of them use a white oak. But they have different little things they do that are minor differences yeah, in the, the char on the inside. Yeah. Different things. Yeah, so all of them are a little different. So that's something we've been thinking about, too. The other thing that's kind of, I think, shaping this trip a little bit is because of some of the product stuff we hope to, to hopefully get to do, this might be more geared towards hammock mm-hmm. camping. Yeah, yeah. So naturally, when you're doing that, you've got to think about locations where you can put a hammock up. Because there, let's face it, there are campgrounds and places we've been where there were no trees suitable for. Yeah, they just you knocked know, everything down and some concrete pads right so some places we didn't really have two nice trees to hang anything between yeah yeah well that's might make it a little challenging you might have to do a little you know research beforehand yeah and see you know where where you can where you can you know put a hammock up and uh, i've i've put a hammock up in, uh, in a um, 
pavilion before. Right. If those are out there, but you know, it depends on the on where you are. In small small towns with a Lions Club Park or something, they may not really have a whole lot of rules. <laughs> yeah, some of them will allow you. I know at the one that you're talking about, you strung your hammock between two of the poles under the pavilion. Mm -hmm. Nobody was really around. Small town, yeah, not a lot of campers. Night sleep too. Yeah, you slept yeah. in the in the hammock there. Yeah. So that's something that kind of drives the process too. So we're mm -hmm. thinking about. Somewhere in between, we're, we're in Missouri, so somewhere between Missouri and North Carolina, mm -hmm. finding somewhere along the way. Now, you were kind of investigating and seeing what was available as far as rail trails, which are mm -hmm. sometimes are hard to come by if they're not in the general yeah. area. Yeah. Also, you were looking at just routes that people had established too, right? Yeah. Yeah, there were some loops. Like what we experienced, the, the organized ride had several loops. And there are a couple loops out there that I think you can find with, uh, what is it called, Ride GPS, different apps that people have said, here, you, you know, these are out there. Then you just have to find your place to camp, you right. know, and figure out how far you want to go. And you don't have to hit all the distilleries. They, ones I've seen out there were pretty packed. They might do two, three days and hit 10 distilleries. Yes. It's pretty ambitious, um, you know, and uh, you can, we have to sort of decide that. And that's what the fun part is, is... You know, uh, you can fly by the seat of pants or you can really plot something out. And, you know, we may have to plot a little bit if we're really trying to make sure we get to. Get yeah, we may have. And we may also have to find uh, a, a place that we're going to camp. And we may actually have to drive to get to a point mm -hmm. to yeah. kind of kick off a ride or something yeah. and park somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. I guess that's kind of the thing. You just sort of have to play it by ear and figure out. How many days are you going to allot for your ride? Mm -hmm. How much time do you have? How many miles do you want to do you want to ride? Because everybody's different. Some people want to do those fifty set to seventy mile days. Some people just want to do fifteen or twenty miles. Yeah, and if depending it's hilly, on the terrain. Yeah, short it's up. yeah. If it's really yeah. hilly, you might be thinking that twenty miles sounds great. Yeah. Um, so you, how much gear are you going to take? Are you going to camp along the way? Or are you going to have to go to a campground? Sort of have a centralized location. And certainly at the at the bourbon country burn that's kind of what it was a centralized mm -hmm. location we were at the horse park mm -hmm. there and then you just sort of did kind of a spoke out from there you know it was kind of like a hub and spoke style ride where yeah. you go out do a loop come back to the campground spend the night next day do a different loop well then your churchill downs is out there so you could include that on on your loops which would be really fun I'm yeah yeah. Something else I was thinking, though, <clears throat> that is sort of a, a design parameter is we have to decide how comfortable we are and what type of roads, you know, because if you're not on an organized ride, they're not really publicizing the presence of a bunch of cyclists. So the, so the motorists aren't necessarily watching for a bunch of cyclists. And if it's just one or two of you, you know, you're a little bit more vulnerable, I think. Yeah. And so, you know, right, look at that, too. That is something to keep in mind. If you're doing an organized ride, one of the benefits you have is that you have publicity. They do a lot of signs, a lot of, sometimes they'll have safety people at crossings mm -hmm. and vehicles that are flashers or lights, you know. Sometimes they've even had police presence. We've had, mm -hmm. we've been organized on organized rides where they had police officers out there directing the traffic or holding the traffic mm -hmm. while the cyclists came through. So there are advantages to organized rides that you don't get when you're doing just sort of your yeah. own your own gig. You got to think about safety always, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and 
Are there going to be roads with shoulders? A lot of those roads that we rode on in Kentucky didn't have a lot of shoulders, but there wasn't a lot of traffic either. It was mm-hmm. limited traffic, so you really didn't have to worry too much about yeah. it. Um, yeah. I think the other thing you've got to think about is, you know, the nice thing about an organized ride, the ones that we've done, is the the route is clearly marked. <laughs> yeah. Usually. Yeah. most yeah. Pretty clearly marked. Yeah. Like in Kentucky, they had spray-painted these bourbon bottles that pointed you in the directions to go. And they would start out straight, and then they would turn with multiple bottles in a row telling you, hey, this is where you Take need to route. turn. Yeah. And if you don't do that, you've got to have your own navigation, mm-hmm. which means you've got to plan either to use your cell phone or some navigation device. How are you going to power it, mm-hmm. keep it yeah. charged up? Because, you know, running a Google Maps or any GPS mm-hmm. uh, eats up some power, particularly mm-hmm. when you're in some of those back locations where you might not have service. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Now, some of these... Um, if you sort of uh, stand on the shoulders of people that did it before, they they have some cue sheets and things that they might share with you. You know, yeah. some of these uh, some of these GPS uh, apps. Uh, they're linked to some some cue sheets and things that that could probably be of value. Yeah. So so right now, just kind of the general overview plan is we're thinking we've got you know a couple days probably maybe three mm-hmm. I don't know we haven't really decided. We're looking at the end of September. Is when this conference sort of is. So we're either going to go before or after, probably, or somewhere you know around that, and do two or three days, do a little bit of camping, do some riding, visit some distilleries. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe we capture some video to be able yeah. to show folks also maybe some distilleries or tours. Mm-hmm. Do a little tasting. <clears throat> yeah. Gotta samples. Got to do some sampling. Yeah, it's embarrassing if you go out there and forget to taste bourbon. Right. And uh, <laughs> make kind of a. Make, make a trip out of it, which is a great way to do a tour, really, if you can yeah. incorporate your bike into something you're already doing. Because I know there's a lot of folks out there who travel for yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and so even if it's just you're taking your bike along and you're just doing a, an after-conference ride, that's even better than not doing any kind of touring at all. Yeah. Because you can really see parts of various different cities really well. And I know you've done that in the past, where you've gone to a conference, take your bike along. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. I stopped in Chattanooga. It was cold. Oh, my gosh, it was cold. But that's where I got my little flask. I, right. I toured a little distillery in Chattanooga and got a little little flask. And, um, yeah, that's going to go with me on this one. Right. Yeah. So you can make you can turn those into little mini tours, you know, yeah. day trip style tours. Even if you can't make an extended one, you don't want to camp or you're not going to really heavy credit carded along the way or airbnb yeah. or bed and breakfasted along the way you can still do things after or in between conference yeah. type deals take an extra day or it's worth it too because you know you you can get well, windshield time it's not terribly exciting yeah. you know and uh, uh it just adds to the adventure you could fly and well we've we've flown out there before we've we've rented a car and by the time you've done that you've you still burned a lot of time, so yep. you may as well throw yep. in some, some fun. I, I had another thought, too, about some of the things that sort of limit your your choices on your trip. And that is, you know, we were talking about, do you, are we going to ride before or after the conference? And, well, I was talking to my wife. You know, we've got a senior in high school, and uh, that's going to be kind of in the peak time of the soccer season. So um, it might be more advantageous to sort of miss one or the other, you know. I'd like to not miss as many games. This yep. is last year. Yep. And so, uh, you know, so that'll probably be somewhat of an influence on what, what the most, you know, advantageous time is. Yep. 
So whatever's going on in your life, too, you know, it's one of those things that if you have the luxury and the flexibility, it's uh, take advantage of it. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that that really makes you think a lot about sort of how you how you pick the time. And then, you know, you've got to do I mean, the Internet's amazing for researching for sure. But the other things you've got to think about then is because we're in kind of a different geography you got to think about the gear you're going to take. Is it yeah. going to be cool? Are you in the mountains? What's yeah. the elevation? What are the de- what's the temperatures? The benefit though of driving and taking your gear is that you can bring along a whole lot more gear. <laughs> and then yeah. if you don't, if you're looking at the weather and it and the weather looks X, Y, or Z for those days, you can sort of switch yeah. out the gear or adjust the gear before you load it on the bike to be appropriate yeah. for the what's coming up yeah we cheat a little bit yeah yeah and it could, sure. i mean it could still be 90 yes. 90 or it could be 60 and colder Just, than that in the morning yeah perfect example is we you know right here right now it's been it's been like 91 degrees yeah. here mm-hmm. and but we had just a few weeks ago we had some days where it was like 55 degrees yeah um so you really do have to think about those dips and temperatures and changes and potential rain and all kinds mm-hmm. of things that can can get in there so you've got to bring gear that sort of is flexible but then you can kind of adjust it on on the bike when you're when you're getting ready to do that so you got to think about those things so planning different gear campgrounds uh, again if you're doing hammock tent or if you're just going to stay in a hotel you got to think about yeah. all those things and then terrain like we said mm-hmm. trails roads type of bike hills all of those things factor yep. into how much you're going to ride, how far can you go, and then activities along the way, like we talked about. Yep. Look at things like Churchill Downs, a perfect example. Not a distillery, but certainly kind of a landmark. Yeah, something to see. Uh, sure. Food items along the way. You're going to be able to find food. You're going to have to take food. Mm-hmm. Um, something we kind of learned on the trace, you know, was <laughs> yeah. not a lot of food. Yeah. Better take some food. Camping locations might not be near food. If all you have is a bicycle, not a car. Yeah. Better take something to eat. Coffee. Uh, coffee is always important. Yeah, coffee in the morning. Um, I remember when we came into actual Natchez, one of the things we did was we took a taxi we had or an Uber or something. Uh-huh. It was an Uber or a taxi. Maybe it was a taxi. I think it was a taxi, actually. We yeah. took a taxi yeah. and had them take us to Walmart and drop us off so we could get coffee <laughs> and some food items because there was a storm coming in. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, you can, you can adapt, but you just have to be prepared for the unexpected or for changes yeah. and just be flexible and not, not just not freak out about it. And we talked about that in the lap, last episode yeah. a little bit. Did you figure out that you can get by on a lot? You can find food in lots of places and you yeah. can adapt and you're not going to die and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah, anyway. Well, and I was thinking more about the food part, you know, and, and what you decide. So over the next couple of days, we're, we're going to have to sort of really – yeah. Map this out a little more, figure exactly what we're going to commit to, and then figure out the food. Um, even if you, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what you're really up for. But even if you you don't need to, there's something kind of fun about really cooking something when you're, when you're on a bike tour. You know, whether it's on your little sort of rocket stove or whether you really want to just buy some firewood and, you know, and, and cook something. You know, we're certainly not taking a lot of cookware, but it, you know... You do have the means to probably get something you could cook on a, on a, on a fire, whether it's hot dog or 
what? Well, and we've got a fair amount of experience cooking on open fire stuff anyway. When we yeah. we made a trip out to Grand Canyon out there, we cooked a lot of stuff over a campfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there's something when we've been on bicycle tours, we've talked about this. There's something about having a fire, a campfire. If you've got yeah. a campground that'll let you have a campfire, there yeah. is something about having a campfire that just, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But it gives it not only gives you something to sort of do and keep you occupied. So collecting firewood, getting the fire started, mm-hmm. which can quite be quite the challenge at times, <laughs> yeah. as we know. Yeah. And yeah. all of that is just sort of that process of yeah. enjoying the experience mm-hmm. that um, you got to think about if you've got campgrounds that don't allow that because some don't. Yeah. Some, some state parks say, "Hey, we're not gonna." Yeah. Gonna no firewood. Do this. Uh, um, it's it's strange though how how variable it can be in time of year if it's been really dry you know it's, it's off limits and we understand that but yeah uh, it sure is fun if you if you get to get to have a fire but yeah. on a bike it's harder you know because you know it's just uh, you know you might be able to buy a bundle of firewood if you're in a car at the even Walmart and bring it back if they're not selling it a lot of state parks and campgrounds won't let you sort of harvest downed wood anyway so you got to really think about it. But yeah, like you say, it sure is fun. It really does yeah. add to the to the whole experience, for sure. So you've got to think about food and all those things, and just really give that some consideration based on where you're going. But you can find those things out. I mean, we use i I personally use Google Maps a lot. Look at what's mm-hmm. in the surrounding areas. Look at the routes because a lot of times those routes will come up on varying you can follow the route on in some kind of a map and then kind of compare it to google maps and see what's around the area Um, i know there are probably other you know routing systems out there and i know you've looked at what was the cycling association yeah the adventure cycling association they have these uh they're pretty uh long routes though you know and you you kind of have to purchase the the map Mm -hmm. um but uh, they're pretty extensive, you know, um, and I have a couple at home. I've been looking for an excuse to go go on them. I mean, I, I'm not going to go on the whole route. For example, the, the Underground Railroad route goes from, um, what is it, uh, Mobile, Alabama, all the way to Quebec. Um, but, you know, you, you could route yourself from Missouri all the way to Florida going on two or three of these different, different uh, you know, routes. It really looks phenomenal. Um, but that's, that's kind of a long from here to there thing. It's hard to kind of go, you could go there and back uh, on a segment of one of these, but, uh, and that's tough to do for those of us who still have jobs, aren't taking off extended periods of time, like a long vacation or something. You you just can't pull that kind of thing off, but you can do small pieces of those things. Yeah. Little segments. I think it's certainly doable. And I think that's one of the advantages is that you can sort of see little sections and there's so many amazing little communities with little town squares and little restaurants and that's the stuff yeah. that i've enjoyed along a lot of these routes is finding little places like yeah. that the distilleries are always great too and sometimes they're in sort of little bit remote mm-hmm. little communities too they're not in the middle of you know yeah, they're not in the mall they're not in the middle of lexington <laughs> usually yeah. you know or whatever they're usually yeah. in you know out out in the, um, out in the back roads a little bit or in small yeah. communities and a lot of those have really great town squares, little restaurants, mm-hmm. little shops, little coffee shops, all kinds yeah. of stuff. And yeah. sort of that is part of the experience that I enjoy is more of those communities and little areas like that. Yeah. Well, and it's also fun to, uh, a lot of resources, we use Yelp and different things to find. Is there a, 
is there a must-see restaurant? You know, or is there like some famous yeah. blackberry cobbler or something like that? And you're like, well, we're just going to have to do that. Right. You know, something uh, they're known for. Yeah, that's kind of fun. And a lot of times that's we'll do that. We'll go into a restaurant and the waitress will come up and what we'll ask them is, is, is there anything that you're known for here? Like, yeah. these, are you famous for anything? Or are you known for any one particular dish, drink, mm-hmm. or anything? And that's something that I want to bring up that we've that I, I kind of talked about the other day was this idea of creating a list of places that if we come across mm-hmm. a place that has a great bourbon drink that oh, we yeah. just really enjoy, mm-hmm. that we start a list of locations, the drink... Mm-hmm. and sort of publicize it so that if anybody out there is crossing the same path, I think there's opportunity that people are in all kinds of different areas, how cool would it be to be able to go to that list and say, I'm going to be in Columbia, Missouri. Mm-hmm. What's the best bourbon drink? And if we had on there, Glenn's Cafe has a great Sazerac. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I don't know what everybody thinks about that, but I'd love some yeah. feedback from people if they think that would be a cool yeah. thing to have as different locations where we've found drinks they might not just have to be bourbon but yeah let's yeah. say you know this place has this really great drink if you happen to pass through this community have a drink at bob's yeah. cafe or whatever you know. we need some suggestions but, and vice versa yeah right if yeah. we're going to a locate a location it'd be great to add drinks to the list that says if you're going to this location this person out of milwaukee wisconsin you know whatever yeah. says that you need to go here and have this drink yeah, because yeah. we've been to some crazy little places. Yeah. yeah, like when we were in Milwaukee, wasn't it Milwaukee? We went to that little bar that looked like it was in the set right out of the seventies. Yeah, yeah. It had you know, yeah, velvet on the. And it was it was like, strangely lit. It was real red inside, yeah, yeah. kind of dark, and with a velvet uh, yeah. place on the front of the bar. Anyway, the yeah. exact same kind of a thing where you know, if we had a list of places we've been, or if people mm-hmm. could give us some feedback about, it, you must. You got to have this drink at this location if you're in that area. So that being said, we are on our way to Asheville. Mm -hmm. If someone knows of a location in Asheville that has a drink that we should have, leave it in the comments. I'd love to know of that because we've been to Asheville before and we know it's sort of famous for craft beer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's its claim to fame is like microbrew. But if there's some like any place that we should go because one place we went one time was we went to this bookstore in Asheville yeah, yeah. that had a champagne bar and I'm not a champagne drinker usually right. but when you're in a bookstore like this yeah. and it's an old sort of rustic looking yeah. old books not not new books but old books mm-hmm. yeah when you're in a bookstore like that and they tell you it's a champagne bar you have champagne because yeah, someone just, was playing guitar yeah a guy was there playing some great guitar we sat we drank some crazy drink sam champagne drinks yeah, yeah. peach bellini or something i can't <laughs> yeah. remember yeah yeah champagne drink yeah, we yeah. looked at the books and we listened to this guy play some fantastic yeah, I actually bought a music. Book there. you bought a book there i That's bought right. a marco polo book right see perfect example <laughs> That's an example of something I'd like to know more about location. We're there. It's like, hey, you need to go down to this place. And we'll go find that place and have a drink. Check it take out. a picture. Give you some, give you a feedback or whatever. To say, hey, we went there. We had this drink or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I'm curious if people would find that interesting. So if anyone out there thinks yeah. that would be a cool idea, leave us a comment. That would be really good. We'd like to know. And we're definitely... We're running late on this episode because we had a crazy weekend. Mm-hmm. I had a wedding. I shot Friday night and Saturday, mm-hmm. and then you had a funeral to go funeral to. to yeah. And you were so you're pretty busy Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So we are, obviously, we're getting this episode out late, so that's going to mess up our schedule a little bit, but hopefully you guys will stick with us on that, and we'll, we'll continue on. But we're going we're gonna to narrow this trip down a little bit, and then what, the hope, what I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to record a little bit of at least audio, if not video, podcast, either while we're out there, maybe it's when we're sitting around a campfire, maybe I'll yeah. lav us up and record an audio podcast um i'd like to capture some more while we're actually on the trip too so we're going to bring you some a podcast on site somewhere during the trip but also try to make some videos of some of the the camping the biking and some of the places we go a little bit so i'll definitely have some gear along to do that uh, as well and then hopefully if this works out for this outdoor company i'll be able to do a review of a product for them as well that's still up in the air though it may or may not happen so i don't know we'll see hope so that'd be fun but we're uh we're thinking about you're going to take the fargo i'm thinking i'm going to take the trek we're going to ride that and uh we'll find some place to go i mean that's the thing is that if you take them along you're going to find a location go do some yeah 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 just got to sort of take off the blinders and see what happens and just make it a priority yeah Mm -hmm. just make it a priority and there are there are a ton of people that have put different trail of you know locations like yeah, that. Yeah. So you just do you just hop on Google and just say bike paths? Yeah, I just start looking around, and there are some other apps. There are some rail trail apps that help you find uh, trails locally. You know, a lot of those they're fine trails, but they kind of they tend to be short. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them might be two miles. Some of them might be forty. Depends. I, I couldn't find any really in that area, um, but. Uh, Elsewhere, like I said, maybe maybe it's worth kind of dipping down or up north into Indiana on the way out there or something, you know, to, to see what's what's in the in our sort of flight path. Yeah, I mean, I think probably inevitably we'll probably be riding just some small back road type stuff to get to mm-hmm. these distilleries because I bet a lot of them are not going to be close to trails. So we're probably just going to yeah. ride, have to ride some back roads. And, yeah, but I mean that's that's plenty. Yeah. It's plenty of fun in and of itself. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just we'll make sure we've got some high visibility, you know, gear. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm convinced that my mirror is the single most important thing on my bike when it comes to safety. <laughs> I really do. I've, I've had some, some uh, just the, the feeling of, 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 of security by knowing who's coming up behind me. And I've, uh, I've pulled off, you know. I, I had one close call with an RV of all things in the South Dakota trip that kind of got my attention. And when those big old, big old things are just screaming down the road, they're pushing a wall of air, and they just, you just sort of. We had that once mm-hmm. on the Natchez too. Yeah. We had an RV go by, mm-hmm. and the yeah. guy came over kind of close. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think it was purposeful. I just think those guys driving don't don't think about how long their rig is and they start to come back over too soon, I think. Yeah, yeah that, that's probably the case, yeah. And I think they think they're going by so fast that, hey, I'm already around them or whatever. You know, they just don't mm. think about giving enough leeway to cyclists in general. Yeah, Because yeah. when we were riding in some of these places, we've had on orange safety vests. It's not like they didn't see us, you know. Yeah. We've got yeah. lights. We've got the whole nine yards. Yeah. That is a great question for folks, though. I wonder how many out there use a mirror. Mm-hmm. How many don't? Because uh, I don't have a mirror, but Jerry does. He's like my mirror guy. I have to go with him because he's the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do fl- we do lights, flashing lights, mm-hmm. you know, on the back. And if you don't have that, you should get them because they're number one, they're relatively affordable. Number two, LED technology is so good now that yeah. those little tiny lights will run forever. Yeah. On a charge. A long time. Yeah. A long time they'll blink. <clears throat> and, and they're adjustable. 
you know yeah you can turn the different you can make them solid you can make them flash fast Mm -hmm. or slow and then most of them can very easily plug into any kind of a usb battery pack and Mm -hmm. charge up yeah you know it's really good for that yeah. If you're stopping at a coffee shop, you really, I carry um, adapters and, and you know, splitters and things. You just plug several things in. Yep. It's pretty easy to get a pretty quick charge, especially if you sit down long enough, had a, have an omelet and a whole pot of coffee. Yeah. You can and charge a lot of. I tell you what, I think one of the best things we take along are those anchor battery packs. Yeah. They make different sizes. You can get the. You know, the smaller one or the bigger ones, I've got one of each. Mm-hmm. But those things are just absolutely priceless. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can charge an iPad. You can mm-hmm. charge a phone multiple times. You can charge lights. lights and just all kinds of stuff. Anything that's USB, you can plug into that darn mm-hmm. thing. And they last a long time. Yeah. It's surprising how, yeah. how long those things will run. So if you don't have one of those, that should be a, an essential piece of kit that you take along yeah. on a tour out there. Is that battery pack? Because you you can plug your phone in and man run that baby for a long time with yeah. The Especially if you're using the navigation um, apps because they will. Like I said, they eat up. They'll eat up yeah. your battery. And yeah. a lot of these rural locations don't have great cell phone cell phone service sometimes. And mm-hmm. when it's when the phone's searching for service, it's really eating up a lot of battery searching for service. So there might be times where you really need to put it into airplane mode with only GPS. Something to mention though, that I've done once or twice, I probably need to do this a little more is, you know, uh, use the Google offline feature. Just, just, you know, download a a segment of the map and then, then you're not using the data. You're just using the GPS. It's a perfect thing that probably a lot of people might not know that Google maps, the app on your phone, you can go in and say, Hey, I want to download some data. And what it does is, it makes you select the geographic area mm-hmm. that you want to download. It actually downloads it to your local your local device. And that way you've got the map locally and it doesn't have to have cell phone service. That's yeah. a very good good point. And then it knows and it just, you know, your your dot moves around in the already stored map. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess not... does it store all the locations of, you know, the restaurants and... You know, that's a good question. I don't think it does. I think it will keep, you know, the, the roads and the routes, but I don't think you can search, like, locations along them. Yeah. And that would be one negative to it. Yeah. But it's at least you've got yeah, some way to know your, your direction. Because <laughs> yeah. one of the things I've been impressed with uh, Google and things like that is the uh, I found the hours of operation generally to be be correct. Yeah, it's reasonably accurate when it comes to finding out if a place is open or closed. Because there's nothing worse than being on a bike and deciding you're going to bike out to a location yeah, with a restaurant, whatever it is. You ride there, and it's not even, number one, it could not even be in business anymore. Uh, number yeah, number yeah. two is it's closed when it says that it's open or the hours are wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'll admit, Google's pretty good about keeping that information updated. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they do it, but it's, uh, I don't either, but it's incredible. I found it to be pretty, pretty accurate lately. And sometimes you get good reviews about places that are good, too. Mm-hmm. And Yelp's hit or miss, I feel like, with the reviews, yeah. trying to find yeah. whether or not a place is good. Of course, it's all subjective anyway, but, you know, you can find out some information. Sometimes you don't have a lot of options, though, yeah. wherever yeah. you're at. But that's a very useful tool. And then, I mean, I've been using, um, I use Map My Ride to just kind of track distances or things like that. And that's kind of one of those Under Armour apps that's free. But mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people that use Strava. Yeah. Um, I've not been into Strava personally, but a lot of people use that to sort of track. This is where I rode distance. 
the grades and elevations yeah. and all that stuff. That makes me think because I've stopped doing that for the most part, largely because of the uh, so battery conscious lately. Yep. <clears throat> but um, I might do that for a little while for kind of a strange reason because when I'm riding, I've been putting a lot of time in by myself with not a whole lot of gear, but really don't know how fast I'm going. Right. You know, I can guess, you know, but... You don't I, know what your pace is. Yeah, I really don't know. So I'm probably going to do that a little bit here just to kind of figure out, okay, reprogram yourself to where you feel like, okay, I know how much I'm exerting myself in this terrain. I feel like I'm going maybe 10 or 11 miles an hour. You know, I just don't have much of a feel for because I've stopped doing that because I just didn't really care. You know, I, I figure I'm going to ride all day if I'm going to go to Herman or whatever. and yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, and you certainly know? you can estimate the distance on with Google Maps or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It, the, the nice thing about it is it tells you your pace. And with Map Your Ride, I'm sure they all do this, but with Map My Ride, they, it also will call that out every mm -hmm. every five miles. Yeah, yeah, okay. It tells you what your what your overall pace has been and then what that leg of the of the block has been. Yeah. And it tells you, like, am I slowing down, speeding up? And you can remember the last five miles, whether or not it was hillier. You know, all yeah. these things will, yeah. you'll be like, yeah, that, that's why it was slower. Well, I've been sort of, I'm not going to say I'm in a rut, but, you know, you ride where, what's available. And we're here by the Katy Trail. I'm on there all the time. It's almost completely flat. And so, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of variability, so I don't I don't know how much that would change as I had some had some hills and things. So yeah, we talked about that in the previous episode to mix it up if you can, but we just you don't always have a lot of options. There's yeah. limited amounts of hills here. Mm -hmm. When you ride some of them, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. you just don't you don't. I think the difference is is we have short hill locations you can ride some hills, but we don't have places where you could ride 40 miles of rolling hills. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not, not around here, here. Yeah. and that's one of the things that we struggle with. I think. Yeah, well, and we've talked about doing some doing some uh, some video and podcast on some, and in some of those places, like in Northwest Arkansas. It's not a terrible drive from here to go do that. Right. Get some of that in. That'd be fun. But. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for following along. We're gonna wrap it up. We're kind of reaching the end of our time here. But if you aren't subscribed please give it a subscription a thumbs up if you're on a podcast and you're listening on audio we certainly would appreciate a review the reviews do make a difference they do help people find the podcast uh, particularly the positive ones so if you could leave us a review we'd certainly appreciate any feedback you have love to know about what you guys think about the idea of the drink sort yeah. of uh location drink idea mm -hmm. if anybody thinks that's interesting that might be fun to put together and and kind of keep a running list of yeah, yeah and uh we'll probably try to see you again next week but we don't kind of know what the schedule is going to be but yeah. when we definitely we're going to take gear along so we're going to be able to record some pod a podcast and do some videos while we're gone on the trip so we'll try to get some of that done and we will see you again in the next one